This is the sermon podcast of St. John's Episcopal Church in Brooklyn, New York. They're primarily by me, the Reverend Ben DeHart, but you'll hear from some of my good friends as well. We at St. John's exist to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So if you like what you hear, we'd love it if you join us in person. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and our beautiful church, located in Park Slope, is easy to get to from all over the city. We hope you'll stop by soon. And now, the sermon. Almighty God, we ask that you would make your Son present to us here this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, until two weeks, until two weeks ago, I served as one of five priests at a cathedral. And every Sunday, every Easter Sunday, we had an Easter vigil service. If you've ever been to one, you know that they can be excruciatingly long. At the church where I served, there were nine passages of Scripture read, and that doesn't include the psalms that we sung in between all nine. My old boss told me that I should foist this upon you, But I knew that if I were fired within the first two weeks of being here, not even he would take me back. That said, because of what TikTok has done to our attention spans, and by our I mean mine, these days, to have an Easter vigil, you only need three readings. But there's one simple rule. If you're going to have an abbreviated service, you have to read the story of the Exodus. You can cut out every other passage of Scripture, but you cannot cut out the Exodus. Why? Why of every passage, think John 3.16, think your favorite Bible verse, why is the Exodus required? Well, before I come to an answer, let's refresh our memory. The story of the Exodus begins with the people of God in bondage. They've been enslaved for 400 years to a power much greater than they were. 400 years of maltreatment, 400 years of oppression. There seemed no way out from under the yoke of their oppression. But look at God. He made a way out of nowhere. So returning to our question, why is the exodus required on Easter? The reason is not because it's a great story. No, the exodus is read every year because it is the chief act of deliverance in the Old Testament. You might call it Easter's operating system. You might go so far as to call it the New Testament's operating system. In other words, you can't understand the full meaning of the resurrection without the Exodus. For the Exodus is the paradigm of God's way with God's people. What God is in the business of doing is delivering the captive. But don't take my word for it. 
just check out all other eight Easter vigil readings. In that service, and according to the scriptures, the Exodus is more than something that happened way back then. It's not understood as some kind of static event of the past. No, the the Exodus story has dynamism. The Exodus is made present and active in each and every generation. We see this in the scriptures that were written hundreds of years after the parting of the Red Sea waters. The prophet Amos provides one example. He writes to his contemporaries, Thus says the Lord, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and led you 40 years in the wilderness. Here and elsewhere, the scriptures are talking about a new rescue using the old language of the Exodus. The old story of deliverance is being made present and alive for the new story of liberation that God is working out in their own generation. Our Jewish friends still talk this way today. If you ever go to a Seder meal, you'll notice that the liturgy doesn't highlight that our ancestors were freed. It says, present tense, we have been delivered from the house of bondage. The descendants of the people of God know that the exodus is dynamic. What God does for his people in all times and in all places is to make a way where there is no way. Returning to the scriptures for a second, but to one of the last pieces of the Old Testament ever written. This is about a thousand years after the events of the Exodus. God's people have fallen into slavery again. Only this time, the Bible makes clear that they were not merely subjugated to a people, to the mighty Babylonians, but they were locked and imprisoned in their sin. They were locked and imprisoned in their addictions. They were handcuffed by money, power, and despair to powers greater than themselves, to powers greater than you and me. And the cry of these latter prophets was for a new exodus, a better exodus, a deliverance that would free them not only from the Babylonians, but from themselves. And that is why, from the earliest days of the church, Christians have called the death and resurrection of Jesus a new exodus, a new deliverance, a deliverance that would free them once and for all from the powers of sin and death. And this exodus, this resurrection, is not static either. The beginning of the reversal of all that has gone wrong has commenced. Like the OG Exodus, the resurrection of Jesus is not some one-time way out of no way. No, God in Jesus is in the business of delivering captives like you and me today. 
Let me give you one example, and I'm done. In 1996, the veteran civil rights activist and preacher Andrew Young wrote a memoir called A Way Out of No Way, which is where I'm stealing my refrain from. In it, he recalls a modern-day parting of the waters that happened in Birmingham, Alabama. He writes, and I quote, Easter Sunday dawned with Martin Luther King in jail. We planned a march from New Pilgrim Baptist Church to the city jail for the afternoon that day. By the time church ended, some 5,000 people had gathered in their best Sunday clothes. We set out in a festive mood until we saw police, fire engines, and firemen with hoses right in front of us, blocking our path. Bull Connor yelled, turn this group around, and all 5,000 of us stopped and waited for instruction. Wyatt Walker and I were leading the march. I can't say we knew what to do. I know I didn't want to turn the march around. So I asked the people to get down on their knees and offer a prayer. Suddenly, Reverend Charles Phillips, one of the most faithful and fearless leaders of the old Alabama Christian movement, jumped up and hollered, the Lord is with this movement. Off your knees, we're going on. And stunned at first, Bull Connor yelled, Stop them! Stop them! But none of the police moved a muscle. Even the police dogs that had been growling and straining at their leashes were now perfectly calm. I saw one fireman, tears in his eyes, just let the hose drop at his feet. Our people marched right between the red fire trucks singing, I want Jesus to walk with me. Bull Connor's policemen had refused to arrest us, his firemen had refused to hose us, and his dogs had refused to bite us. It was quite a moment to witness. I'll never forget one old woman who became ecstatic when she marked through the barricades. As she passed through, she shouted, Great God Almighty done parted the Red Sea waters one more time. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in your own house of bondage and you feel like there's no way forward. My friends, neither the exodus nor the resurrection were static events locked away in the past. Jesus is alive, and he's busy making all things new. So just for today, lay aside your cynicism and doubt your doubts. Christ was raised to raise the dead in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.